Alright, good evening church. I trust you are all doing well. Welcome to a new month. I pray that may you be fruitful. That's my prayer for you. May you be fruitful particularly in relation to winning a soul. Amen. May you be fruitful in all aspects, but in relation to winning a soul will be my emphasis. As we all know, our 30 for 30 campaign has started. And that is praying 30 minutes a day for the entire month of September. So, September has 30 calendar days, so every day starting from this day, we, we are praying. So, if you if you do uh, remember or check your phones, I just send a Bible text and a prayer topic. So, for the, for, so, so, from now till the end of the month of September, I'll be doing that consistently. And we'll be praying for the salvation of a soul. Amen. So I, I believe that to win a soul, it requires much prayer. Prayer has to be very involved. You know, the disciples were able to affect the world for Christ because they started the basis right. It was on the foundation of prayer. Amen. And not just that, they continued to pray. One of the things you learned about the book of Acts is that the church was a praying church. And uh, if we want to experience much fruitfulness, uh, much souls, in, in God's kingdom. Uh, that's the right thing to do. Amen. On the other hand, let's also thank God for answer prayers. I don't know how many of you are following the update on Hurricane Ida. Uh, well, I, I, I did. And I, I still do, you know. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, maybe someone can correct me if he or she has the latest update. I just know of one person that has died in the Hurricane Ida. Uh, which hit parts of, I mean, it, it hit the whole state of Louisiana, not just parts of Louisiana, the whole state of Louisiana was affected. Certain parts of Mississippi and Alabama were affected, and I think some part of Tennessee too was affected, if, if I did hear the news correctly. But so far, I just know of one, one, one casualty or one death, and uh, that, that is sad. And they are so rest in peace. But we thank God that it could have been worse. Because, you know, uh, forecasters were predicting another Katrina. Something of the proportion of what we, the, 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 the state of Louisiana experienced 16 years ago. Particularly the city of New Orleans. But now, if, if you do read the news, you are checking carefully. What has happened is that um, the hurricane knocked the transmission tower of New Orleans. So the whole city is in darkness. You know, the transmission tower is what brings power to the city. I'm just speaking now, the whole city is in darkness. And if that thing has been knocked down, <laughs> how are they going to receive restoration of power? So let's really pray for the mayor of the city of New Orleans. Let's pray for the governor of Louisiana. Because I believe now this is a Herculean tax that falls on their shoulders to restore power uh, to the city of New Orleans. I think some parts of the state of Louisiana have light, but the main city doesn't. So let's pray for them. Amen. It's a, it's a tough time. But at least, thank God, they were not, the, the damages were minimal and they were not epic uh, and, 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 and that large proportion as compared to the devastating one that happened 16 years ago. So we really want to thank God for that. Amen. And uh, please, let's also lift the country up in prayer. Because 
currently from june 1st to june from june 1st to november 30th the span in which we are in is currently known as the hurricane season i didn't even know there was anything even called the official hurricane season there is it's from june 1st to november 30th so from now to november 30th uh, we should be expecting forecast warnings flood watches of hurricanes that are yet to hit even currently as i'm talking right now i don't know how many of you are experiencing the rain it was said that another hurricane called ida is hitting the northeast again and sections of the mid-atlantic so as i'm speaking right now it's really raining torrentially heavy rain and it's it's an effect of the hurricane that just happened so let's let's pray for this country amen so before I start tonight's teaching, let's just start with a word of prayer. Let's first and foremost thank God. God spared the lives of, of the three states or even four states that have been touched by this hurricane. Uh, thank God that not many people were left homeless. You know, we, we just give God praise for that. Damages were minimal. I really believe that has happened because saints are praying. Saints everywhere around the country are praying. I truly believe so and including ICCV also pray. So let's just thank God for answer prayers. And number two, I just want us to commit the country into the hands of the Lord from now to November 30th. Uh, may we not hear damages, loss of lives, uh, loss and um, 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 destruction of properties during this season. Because this season is the time for that because of the hurricane which we are in. May God protect us. We pray some 91 blessing upon us in the name of Jesus. So I just want us to commit these two prayer topics into the hands of the Lord before we begin for tonight. Let's open our mouths and begin to pray. Father, we thank you. <clears throat> we give you praise. We want to thank you tonight, Lord, for sparing the lives of the states, the, 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 the coastal states across, across the Gulf of Mexico, the state of Louisiana. Thank you, Lord, that they were kept far from evil and harm's way. We just want to give you praise. We pray something 91 blessing upon them. And Father, whoever has been touched by this hurricane in any shape or any form, I pray for restoration, Lord. I pray for restitution. May they be restored. May they experience the joy of your salvation, knowing that of a truth all will be well in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We want to give you praise. We thank you that when we even prayed on Sunday, and lifted our prayer for our fellow brethren in the deep south region. You, you came through. You answered. You heard our prayers. And for this reason, we want to say thank you. We want to be careful to give your glory, all praise. Kadoma, Zanta, Lado, Shikabanda, Rimadeka, Ida, Sita, Lida, Karada, Sikande, Nimado, Sayatakande, Kade, Sikanda. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done, O oh Lord. We are careful to give you all praise. We are careful to give you all glory. Receive all your thanksgiving this night, Lord. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you that um, you, you've taken away that fear from us and from our hearts, letting us know that of a truth, you sit on the throne and you hear prayers, especially the, the prayers of the faithful and of the saints. We want to thank you, O Lord. Father, we thank you that this has even strengthened our resolve and our conviction to come to you in prayer, O Lord knowing that you answer. We want to give you praise. Thank you, O Lord. Father, we want to pray for the mayor of the city of New Orleans and the governor of the state of Louisiana. We, we pray that 
you will give them wisdom, O oh Lord. Give them all knowledge. Give them all expertise that they need to be able to alleviate the problems, the hardships that the city is currently facing in Jesus' name. Let wisdom be given to them, O oh Lord. Above measure, O oh Lord. I pray that let solutions come quickly, O oh Lord. May they receive speedy and quick solutions, Lord, to any problem that has come as a result of the impact of this hurricane in the name of Jesus. But I thank you that as we have prayed for help, we thank you that help is available, help is on the way. We thank you that they have wisdom beyond all measure in Jesus' name. And Father, we want to commit the northeast section and the mid-Atlantic regions of this country into your hands. Uh, whoever is facing any sort of uh, uh, effects of the hurricane, O oh Lord, Father, I pray that you protect them from evil and harm's way in Jesus' name. We pray for divine protection over every person, divine protection over every property in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray that uh, from now to Thursday afternoon, uh, may, may evil or harm never come near our dwelling. We come against the destructive effect of loss of lives in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that you will keep all of us safe and sound. Father, even those who are even driving right now, as they are being entrapped by the torrential rain, I pray that let your mercy be upon them. Save them, O Lord. Heal them, O Lord, that they will be healed, Lord. And save them that they will be saved. Father, we ask for your banner of protection upon everybody, Lord, in all these affected regions in the name of Jesus. And Father, we always want to commit the hurricane season into your hands from now to November 30th, O Lord. May evil not come near our dwelling. May we never be afraid, but may we join the hope of our salvation. May we put our trust in you, O Lord, knowing that you will protect us at all times. Thank you, O Lord, that our days are days of peace and days of pleasantness. We give you praise for what you've done now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let's continue. So last week, the nutshell of our teaching is God wants all of us to be saved. Amen. And uh, we looked at two kinds of righteousness and established that salvation comes through the preaching of the word. What were the two kinds of salvation? I'm sorry, what were the two kinds of righteousness? Of the law and of faith. Amen. So we looked at that last week and we realized that God has called all of us to preach or witness. When anybody calls upon the name of the Lord, they will not be put to shame. And I like that. So salvation is not exclusive. It's not for just a reserve few. It's for the general masses. Amen. So today we are on chapter 11 and the whole premise of this chapter comes in a rhetorical question. So two questions we are going to answer as we read chapter 11. Since Israel has disobeyed the gospel, is their rejection total? So chapter 11 will answer that. And then the second rhetorical question is, what is God's plan for Israel? That too, chapter 11 will answer that. So Paul, our author, will redress these two issues in our study for tonight. So let's read. I have about 39 minutes, so I'm going to 
be very snappy, okay? So if you don't get it, just listen to the recording. You will get it. Amen. Okay. I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah? How he pleads with God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. And I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what does the divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Even so, then at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. So Paul then started with, has God rejected his countrymen or given up of them? Certainly not, because Paul himself was a Jewish man. Uh, so if he was saved, then redemption is not beyond him. Please listen to me tonight. No one is beyond God's love, grace, his salvation, and redemption. No, no one. And on this premise, that's the reason why we are doing the 30 for 30 campaign. Because we truly believe that when we pray for the salvation of a soul, and then we follow up the prayer with witnessing to people, they will truly be saved. Because no one is beyond salvation. No one is beyond God's love. No one is beyond God's grace. No one is beyond his redemption. No one is beyond salvation, which is a gift to all of us. Paul then quoted a dialogue with Elijah. You know, Elijah had uh, slew the prophets of Baal. And Jezebel said, sent a message to Elijah through her messengers that Elijah was going to die. You know, and if you read the story, he ran, went into a cave. He became very depressed, and he said, "Lord, I'm the only person that worshipped you. I've torn down the altars. I, I am the only person who worships you." God, God gave Elijah a reality check. He said, "Listen, I have seven thousand people who have never kissed nor bowed down their head to bow." So Paul took that verse just to mean that there is a remnant of Israel that are still saved. Because of the election of Greece. You know, Peter and the disciples and the early church in Acts 2, they were all Jews. So they, they were remnants. So people were being saved. So that's what Paul was trying to mean right there. So God will do everything possible for the gospel to reach as much people as possible before the day of judgment. Um, I like one thing he said. He said, people have been saved or a remnant has been saved according to the election of grace. So, the election of grace, which is the same as the doctrine of election. So, all of us who have been saved, who are a remnant of the world, is because of the election of grace. The doctrine of election. And we are saved not at the expense of others being rejected. We are saved so that we can take the gospel to the unsaved of the world. Amen. So, the doctrine of election should not make us feel superior that we have it, they don't have it. The gospel of election should rather prompt us to take the word far and near to our countrymen, friends, family, and foreigners, strangers, so that they too will be saved. Amen. Okay, let's continue. Verse 6 to 10. And if by grace then it is no longer of works. 
Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. So, Paul is talking about the election of grace. The, why is it called the election of grace? It's called the election of grace because it is not of works. Because if it is of works, then grace is no longer grace. And if it is of works too, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. So why have we been saved? We've been saved not because we did anything. We have simply been saved because of grace. Ephesians chapter 2 captures it perfectly. Verse 8. It says we have been saved by grace through faith. See, the reason why you and I are here is because of God's grace. Our job was just to believe and confess with our mouth. And we entered into the grace of God. So that's the meaning of the election of grace. Amen. What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have found it, and the rest were blinded. Verse 8. Just as it is written, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, and ears they should not hear, to this very day. And David says, Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see and bow down their back always. Amen. So Israel's present state at the time of Paul's writing was that they were spiritually blind. Amen. And Paul said something about the Gentiles. He called them the elect. Why were they the elect? They were the elect because they submitted to the righteousness of God. So, last week we talked about the difference between righteousness of the law that's trying to establish your own righteousness or, number two, you submit to the righteousness of God. When we submit to the righteousness of God, we are the elect of God. So now, Apostle Paul is explaining carefully why these people have not received the gospel. What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it. And the rest were blinded, just as it is written. So, why have Israel not received the gospel? It's a result of spiritual blindness. And Apostle Paul went ahead to quote Isaiah, who prophesied that a time will come that they will not be able to receive the gospel of Christ when Christ comes in this earthly shell because of spiritual blindness. Amen. So, the reason why there is so much pushback to the gospel is because of spiritual blindness. And that's why it's so important for us to keep praying, keep preaching the word of God, because the word of God has the light of the gospel, which is able to eradicate the problem of spiritual blindness. I think on previous Sundays, I've talked about this a lot. Amen. So I hope we all understand the first 10 verses so far. So now let me move on to verses 11. If you have a question, you can let me know. Normally, I'll finish the teaching and then let people ask a question. But as I'm teaching right now, if you have a question, you can interject it and raise your hand and I'll let you ask a question. Amen. I feel I have to be flexible, but at the same time, I also want to cover everything. The Bible says better is the end of a thing. So sometimes you hear the whole conclusion of the matter. And I'm sure I understand it will come. Verse 11 to verse 15. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? 
Certainly not, but through their fall to provoke them to jealousy. Salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now, if their fall is for the riches of the world and their, fail- and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? So, when the Bible is talking about riches here, it's talking about spiritual riches. It's not talking about monetary, earthly riches. It's talking about spiritual riches. So the fall of the Jewish people is for the riches of their world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles. It's purely talking about salvation. So let's get that clear. Let's continue. For I speak to you Gentiles in as much as I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry. 14. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and see some of them. For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what would their acceptance be but life from the dead? So you see that when we read this in context and when you see the word riches, everything surrounding the text here is talking about salvation. Do you all understand? Okay, so Paul explains that Israel have stumbled in disobeying the gospel, but their fall is not beyond recovery. I I like that. May May I encourage you tonight? Nobody is beyond God's mercy. I I said that before. Every fall is beyond recovery. So this should encourage us to keep on interceding for people who you are believing God to touch them. That's all that Paul is saying. So Paul is really capturing the heart of God here. Nobody is beyond redemption. Um, um, Everybody is a candidate of redemption. Everybody is a candidate of God's mercy. So... No matter how disobedient they may be to the gospel, we still have to preach to them. You know, when I read this, it really reminds me of my father. It took a long time for my father to give his life to Christ, receive Christ. It was a prayer topic. Truly, I felt very hopeless. Why am I I witness people, people give their lives to Christ? I'm like, my father, what's happening? You pray and pray and pray. And you don't seem to see the fruits and the harvest of the prayer. But I do remember one time, 2007, I was just talking to him. And he was in a hospital bed. A hospital bed made him realize, I need Christ. And for the first time, he said, lead me to Christ. And I led him to Christ. I think maybe he was afraid he would die. And when he got discharged, I really laughed at him that day. You know, It was something I teased him a lot about. Yeah. So I, I prayed for him. No, no, the, 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 the whole story about that, I prayed for him. And how long did it take for his heart to be soft and receive the gospel? From 89 to 2007. If you calculate it, how many years is that? A lot of years, right? Yeah. 89 to, 89 to 2007. Do the calculation for yourself. That's the period. That's the period. But sometimes you can just pray just one day and then go out on the streets and preach to a stranger, total stranger, the person will receive Christ Lord and personal Savior. So 2007, April, my dad received Christ Lord and personal Savior. That's, that's, that's a great blessing. That I do not love the Bible. So I talk about scriptures. And he doesn't understand something, he calls me. And start talking about it. But like his heart became receptive to the Bible. Started liking preachers. He would call me on phone. I listened to this preacher. He is very good. 
whenever I go to Ghana, I'll book an appointment and go and see. You know, he likes to talk to things like that. But it was a blessing. The, the main thing of the story I want to say is that no matter how long it takes, always know that nobody is outside the window of God's mercy, outside the window of God's redemption, outside the window of God's salvation, outside the window of God's grace. Nobody. So we should always try and remember that. So no matter how long it takes, keep on praying, keep on believing, keep on hoping for the best, that they will definitely come to the saving knowledge of Christ because they are also vessels of mercy. Amen. Now, the Jews rejecting the gospel gave more opportunity for the gospel to go to the Gentiles. And many Gentiles took advantage of that and they were saved. Now, this scripture has really been exegeted wrongly in some circles, particularly by some Jewish believers. I normally like, you know, there are some people who have Jewish lineage who have come to the faith. They are people I normally hear them exegete this text wrongly. Because they normally believe that if Israel hadn't rejected the gospel, the world would not be saved. I have heard that teaching. I don't know how many of you have heard that teaching, but it's a very strange one. It's very wrong. That is why to understand chapter 11, you have to start from chapter 9. That's why I took my time. I, I want us to read chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11, because when you read all, every scripture now fits like a glove on a hand. You know, chapter 9 established a strong truth that the world has been elected to experience the riches of God's glory and grace, which results in salvation. So, if the Jews had received the gospel, the Gentiles would still have not been left out. 